Welcome. I'm Sarah Pollack. And I'm Quinn Faison. And together, we coach parents of preteens, teens, and young adults at Plan P. We have been there and done that. And when the going got tough, the P was for many things and always for practice, patience, and pause. The work that we do now as coaches has the full support and approval of both of our amazing children and teachers, Ellie and Harrison. So if you're a parent, you've come to the right place. We're going to give you tools to practice clear communication with your children, which will improve your relationships. We are so honored and excited to have you join us on this incredible journey where learning is in the pause and perfection is found in the practicing. Let's get moving. Hello and welcome back to Plan P, the podcast. Wow, our last episode we talked about boundaries and it has been sort of on fire around me. And by on fire, I mean, it's just one of those things that ever since we consciously spoke about it, I'm like, oh, this is boundaries. Oh, it's one of the things that I think you said in the last episode. It's all about trust. And that keeps coming up for me these days with people I talk to. And, you know, do I trust them? Do I trust them? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's talk about that. Are you... (laughs) being trusting? Are you worthy of trust? And I know for myself, that's a whole like year of podcasts. And I remember when I was becoming a step parent, one of the things that I was trying to do always was be trustworthy. Mm. I was like, you know, they're not necessarily going to love this. So I shouldn't be going for keeping them happy or making them love me. But if I could be trustworthy that that would be foundation for a long-term relationship. Did I support you in that? I'm not sure how much I talked about that. I think that was just sort of in my head. Yeah, but did I push back? Was I? Did I come from a place of fear of, oh, they're not going to love you? No, I don't think so. I okay. think that was all my own fear. <laughs> yeah, I just wondered it because that's what keeps coming up in sessions and things this week. Yeah, no, I think coming in as a step-parent is a is a scary endeavor. I think parenting mm-hmm. is a scary endeavor. <laughs> yeah, coming in in the middle, though, is has its own little wrinkles. and Yeah, I love that because you know what it means? What? We're all individuals. Right. We're all going to have different experiences. That of a 16-year-old is going to be different than a 17-year-old. Yes. I mean, someone said to me in the last week, I just love how much compassion you have for preteens, teens, or she said teens, right? Mm. She is a teenager. I just love how much compassion you have. And I'm like, I do. And she's like, so can my kid get in touch with you? And I was (laughs) like, no, I have more compassion. I relate differently. I do have compassion for teens because as a parent of a teen who didn't have a lot of understanding, I, I lost my ability to trust myself, really. I wasn't worthy of trust. I didn't trust myself. I was off and running and crazy. So this week, we're going to talk about practicing being trustworthy. Mm. The P, as always, 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 is going to be for practice. And this week, a big one for me always is pause. If you don't pause, you're reacting. Right. So, I mean, I think there's some basic things that make one trustworthy. I mean, especially with teenagers, 
And the first is not being reactive. So can someone come and talk to you without your freaking out and them then having to take care of your freaking out? If I come and tell you that I have done something stupid, which, Mm -hmm. you know, as a teenager, I am likely to have done something that I hadn't considered the ramifications of. Uh, And so I'm coming to you to get help or just to come clean. Like I'm the one who singed the thing or broke the pot or, you know, whatever I did for you to then yell at me or have a reaction at me Mm. for you to get upset and have your own feelings at me. It doesn't make me want to come tell you stuff. It doesn't make me want to come get support. It doesn't make me want to come right. for help. So right? I'm not trustworthy. So you're not trustworthy. And you know what I thought in all of that, what you were saying is that really what I'm doing is not trusting you, the child, to learn. Right. I'm not giving you that opportunity to be heard right. and seen and engaging in adult conversation. I don't trust you to grow up. <laughs> and learn anything differently. Right. Right? And that, I think you're right. I think that's a huge opportunity for the pause. Yeah. Part of trusting for me is I can trust, I realize, and some people balk when I say this, I trust everyone. Mm. Now, I used to trust everyone, and I was lying. Oh, I trust you. And and then I would say that to Harrison when and you really didn't, and you were doing other other things that belied what you were saying? Yeah, I think I was lying. And now I can say I trust everyone because I can trust them to be who I see them to be, who I know them to be. So does that mean that I will keep giving you money if you keep losing your phone? Am I going to keep buying you a phone? Yeah, no, it gets, it gets tiring. Right, and then I learn to be trusting myself. Because there are going to be people forever in my life who are going to ask me to do things I don't want to do. And sometimes it's going to be buying them a new phone. And sometimes it's going to be picking them up or driving them somewhere. And sometimes I say yes. And sometimes I say no. So so I'm hearing that being trustworthy is also about knowing yourself. Oh, it's (laughs) all about knowing yourself (laughs) from, from that reaction. I believe it really is about, for me, multiple pauses. And I do a lot of meditation, as you know. Right. And that's a pause that really sort of helps me center in who am I? What do I want? And and I give it away by accident all the time. Ooh, Sarah, will you do this for me? <laughs> sure. And here's the thing. It's an opportunity to come back and say, you know what? I said yes. But Let's I realize see- I really don't have the time to drive you all the way. Right. And there was a conversation the other day with a kid who really wanted those $200 sneakers because, you know, everyone has them and every, you need your forces. I mean, if you don't have your forces, you're really right. nobody out there in the world. And if you say no, and you mean no, and you keep saying no, what you are is trusting that that person knows that you love them and you know your own boundaries. Right. I have been in relationships in my life where I'm like, if you choose to not believe that I love you because I said no, then help me understand what you understand love to be. A uh, transactional relationship. And there are lots of people who have relationships that are purely transactional. 
Yes. And we live in such a world of like seeing how everyone else is living Mm -hmm. that I need them, mom. I really, you don't understand mom. You're not a teenager today, mom. Right. I like everyone else has these. Well, first of all, that's a lie. (laughs) Second of all, okay, let's, let's talk about how you want to earn that money. That's so important to you. I hear you. I mean, and these are the opportunities that we don't see when we get into the, but I said no, right? reacting. It's not necessarily the sneakers, but teenagers' job is to exhaust us. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. And to push us to the point where they get that they want. And then I don't trust myself. I couldn't hold on to it. I gave in. I resent you now. Right. Because you wore me down. Because I, and aren't you listening? I've got a job. I've got you. I've got to do this. You know. We get overwhelmed as parents. Right. And so that's, I mean, that's one of the other things I think is really important in becoming trustworthy is consistency. And if you're doing that, you can't be consistent. And consistency comes from, yeah, knowing what your real boundaries are. It's not like it's okay to lie yesterday and not today. It's lying is always an issue. And, And that is the basis of a healthy relationship. And, you know, if I'm in conversation, if you come to me and you say you that I did wrong and I want to trust you with this information and you react by telling me what I already know, right. that's why I'm coming to you because <laughs> I'm feeling it. I don't need to be reinforced. I want to be understood and loved. Right. I want to be loved without condition. One of my favorite acronyms in life mm-hmm. is for love. Let ourselves voluntarily evolve. Let others voluntarily evolve. And I can do that in conversation by saying, you know, I used to lie and cheat all the time. Of course, no. I mean, I didn't trust myself because I knew I was doing that. Right. So how could anyone else trust me if I don't trust myself? Yeah. If I give you the the $200... Because I want to make sure you know that I love you. No one's evolving. We're sort of stuck. Mm. Stuck in a what you were saying about consistency doesn't mean holding on to. Holding on to exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an important point that it's about having those core values and being able to express them to your, your child so that they understand what's unmovable. Right. What's consistent. Right. And recognizing that I love you and showing that love by not trusting. And I'm using such big air quotes here. You to live up to your potential <laughs> to, right? Right. To be something that they're maybe not. Right? right. I mean, maybe they are, but that's not seeing them. That's putting our wants and desires on them. Exactly. And that's sort of lying. Yeah. It, and it's tricky. It's hard to sort of suss that out and identify it without full stopping. And and you keep referring to the core. Mm. And I think that that is, you know, a lot of people say, well, my gut tells me. And it's like, is that your gut or your head? <laughs> I think you've <laughs> sort of gotten your body parts confused because their gut is sort of their heart leaping out of their body, thinking my gut says, I just want them to be happy. I had a parent once say to me, 
you know, Sarah, I don't think she really wants to get sober. Mm. And this is of a kid who they had put in multiple rehabs. Yeah. And she said whenever she was in trouble, she'd call mommy and daddy. When right. I think, in the rehab, we'd get her out of trouble. And the rehab, that, the, mommy and daddy would fly her across the country to get into rehab somewhere. So whatever trouble she was in, she was no longer in. Now, in truth, I don't think that her daughter was lying to her about wanting a different life. But yeah. getting from point A to point B, when mommy and daddy put you in the plane and invest a lot of money in your recovery, there's not a lot of trust in that. Yeah. I think, you know, there's this thing that I, you know, as a recovering addict myself, that there was a moment when I saw myself Mm. and I think one of the, the things that's so frustrating as the parent is you want to create that moment for your child and you want to protect them from living on the streets or, you know, ODing or, you know, like all the, all the really horrible things that can happen to an addict. And those are also the things that often allow you to see where you've gotten to, to see what you're doing to yourself. Right. And, and I think that often, I think that that particular parent who I just referenced and many others is really trying to give their child that opportunity that you are speaking of. Right. I really believe that no one sends their child to rehab just thinking that will um, automatically change everything over. Right. They are trusting the rehab facility and the people there. Now here's where it gets tricky. If the parents don't sort of step back and take care of themselves, themselves, Mm -hmm. themselves, English, I do know that language pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If, if we parents are not willing to step back and pull out the mirror and recognize that we're looking at it as our face, not our gut. Mm. And realize that we have tried to control by compassionate acts. Right. Yeah, no, there are often strings attached to compassionate acts, right? I'll do this if you go to rehab or, you know, if I give you the phone, you'll contact me. I mean, sometimes they're totally reasonable desires. It doesn't mean they're not also a string. Right. Well, essentially what I hear you saying is if I'm giving you money to fill a need of mine to wait for it, pretend to guarantee your safety. We have no control over their safety and what they do with what we give them two seconds after it's given. Yeah. And that's too heartbreaking and too pain. I mean, it is so this parenting, particularly addicts in their preteen, teen, and young adult years, Mm -hmm. which is sort of what we're talking about now. I think it can be applied across the board because sneakers. Um, But it's about that pretending. It's about that there aren't guarantees, which, of course, every parent from the moment of conception hates that truth. (laughs) I hate it. Right. I hate it. I was going to say, it's easier when to see that it is not something someone has done when it is an act of God, uh, an illness or an accident. One of the core things that a human needs is the feeling of belonging. And one of the ways Mm. that we give belonging is to listen without 
reacting, right? To, to be able to listen to someone and say, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been there too. Or yeah, that it makes sense to me why that would be hard or upsetting or, you know, whatever it is to really hear and mirror back somebody's emotions. Yeah. Because that's the, that's where you connect that you make that, that intimate connection with somebody is by really seeing them. Right. And, and being opening your heart without fear that they're going to steal it. Yeah. And I think that if you can pause and show that they belong in your heart, they're never going to leave it. They will always be there. Right. We all know. They've already stolen it usually. (laughs) Well, it's in fact, Hearts well, aren't stealable. I was going to say in that way that, yeah, of course they, I have a niece who has a, what, oh, she's a week, old, no, maybe two weeks old. <laughs> we just saw on Zoom and already my heart has been stolen by that child, <laughs> you know, and I haven't even met them in the flesh. Did she steal it or did you give it willingly? Well, I think. Do you get something back? Well, at this age, there's not much that they're actually giving back. I think there's in that way that I'm letting it be stolen. I mean, it's it, it, <laughs> where stealing is a is a, a maybe a little tricky word, but yeah, I think they mm. have stolen. They've taken my heart, whether I wanted to give it or not. This may be semantics, and that I don't think we need to <laughs> argue over. I it reminds me of a young person who the other day said to me, essentially, yeah, I just wear my heart on my sleeve mm-hmm. and then they steal my shirt. <laughs> and then I feel like they've stolen my heart. But really, if I put it on my sleeve, I mean, now I'm making, right. I'm, I'm sort of taking, taking their metaphor a little right. further. But for me, and I've heard this, my heart's been broken so many times, it's just open. Mm. Yeah. And that's what that baby. Yeah. My heart is so open to loving her and having hopes and dreams for her parents and for her and having a plan to, you know, not buy her a house tomorrow because that would be un- <laughs> unrealistic know, on many levels. Not giving her things that, I mean, we, and we were like, well, what books do you have? What books do we want to give to this child? Right. This child may be, I gave books recently to a young person who has different literature. They want to see their life reflected in literature and their life and my life are very, very different. Right. Their upbringing. I don't judge the literature. They want to see themselves in print and want to learn to read. I can give things if I am able to recognize when I am lying, cheating and stealing. Right. I'm worthy of trust when I admit that I do all those things. Well, the other thing that has occurred to me a couple of times in this conversation is projection. Right? Mm, if yes. I am lying, I am going to assume everyone is lying. If I am cheating, I assume everybody is cheating. So I'm always wary of those people who think everybody's out to get them because I figure they're out to get other people, you know, like we see what we do. Right. So if I am lying, if I don't trust anyone, right. Because I am not worthy of trust. Right. So yes, I love that. I'm out here projecting. 
Yeah. So let's pause to consider <laughs> our actionable tip to give all of you parents and caregivers out there this week. My instinct is to say, pick a value mm. that you have and think about the different ways that you express that through your actions. Pick a value. And I'm going to throw in, pick up the mirror. Look at yourself honestly. That's where trust comes from when I'm honest. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plan P. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable takeaways that you can practice this week. And remember, change takes time and practice. To stay connected with us, and ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to hit that subscribe button and share our podcast with friends, family, or any other parents who could benefit from our discussions. You can also keep up with all things Plan P on Instagram and TikTok at Plan P is for. If you have any burning questions or specific topics which you'd like us to address on the show, please just email us at connect at plan P dot us. If you want to talk to one of us, go to our website at planp.us to learn about us and schedule your free coaching session online. All details and links will be in the show notes. We can't wait to reconnect with you on the next episode. See you next week.